0: listening to The Place for Biblical End Times Truth, The Remnant Report. another edition of the Remnant Report. I am your host, the Remnant Warrior, and allow me to first apologize. I have got two screens in front of me and two cameras going. Uh, if you're watching me here on Facebook, then all you see behind me is a green screen. If you happen to be watching on um, uh twitch or YouTube then I'm not really sure what you're seeing yet uh, trying to uh, find out now to be honest uh, give me just a second I know that this is got to be extremely boring and I don't blame you at all if you uh, turn it off but I hope you don't I hope you will stick around. And uh, here the reason for this special edition tonight. This is a show that I felt I could not get out of doing. Um, I have been supposed to go live for several hours, but I wanted everything to be set up just right. And I wanted to uh, be able to multi-stream. Also wanted to be able to do everything from my computer so I'd have it all on you know, one screen but as it is looking now um, that doesn't appear to be uh, working out because the, uh, the stream that's going on uh, Streamlabs OBS says I'm live, but when I go to YouTube and Twitch to try to see it, it, it's just continuously loading. So I'm gonna forget about that for the time being, and I am only gonna be doing this live stream on YouTube, I mean on Facebook, and then I'll just, I'll upload the thing to YouTube later. Uh, That's really all I can do. So I am going to close the computer for now. I hope you guys have been able to hear me thus far. I uh, hope you could. I didn't. I will say I am sorry. I did not have um, the headset connected to my phone here because it was connected to the laptop. But In any case, this is what we are going to be talking about tonight. I'm sure uh, if you saw the title, the title of tonight's program was Nephilim Rulers and the Return of the Holy Spirit, and, you know, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to try to pretend like I didn't name the program tonight a supernatural-sounding name for a reason, because I did. Although we will be talking about absolutely exactly what the title consists of, we're also going to be talking about some truly awesome topics concerning the kingdom, but I want to ask for your patience for just a second while I go and uh, share this really quick. People watching this live tonight because I know uh, how late it was when I got started. So I am just going to share it to my home, my home page, my personal page, and then after it's over, I will uh, share just groups and then upload it on Facebook. do want to ask a question real quick for uh, anybody who happens to be watching right now. Um, Are you guys able to hear me okay? Um, I want to make sure that uh, you can hear me before I um, get into the subject of subject matter of tonight's program, I don't want to be talking about important stuff and you guys not be able to hear me, so if somebody would just please tell me in the chat, the sound quality's okay and we will get this show on the road. that, and, like I said, I, I hope that you guys are, okay, Sharon says, yes, she can hear me, uh, well, you know, if Mary can't share it, then I don't know why it won't let her, um, I, uh, something to do with her account or it could have something to do with my account but regardless um, I want to talk for just a few minutes and again um, I want to apologize for the green screen behind me um, I uh, I went through an entire tutor- tutorial Tutor- <laughs> tutorial however you say it um, on how to uh, change the background with the green screen on Streamlabs and I had it set up I like the background that was behind me everything looked good on the computer and then uh, when I went to go live I was multi-streaming to Facebook uh, YouTube and Twitch but apparently The only way to do it to Facebook from OBS is if you have a gaming page and uh, you have to load a game up, you know, you have to put the game in there. This is definitely not a a video game program. So that was one of the problems. But after all those glitches, I just went back to uh, what I know best, which is just streaming to one platform and then uploading to different platforms later. But everybody knows that we just got finished with the inauguration. We just had a uh, quote unquote change in power here in the United States of America. And not only that, but there are so many in the Christian community that are under the impression that because the candidate that they wanted to win didn't win that somehow our great country and, and I'm not I'm not doing anything but giving almost an exact quote of what someone said earlier today that the current person in the White House is going to ruin this country. That the other guy, he was making America great again. But the new guy He's going to just corrupt this country. That was the word that was used. He's going to corrupt the country. Well, please allow me to go ahead and just say this right now. Friends, this country is already corrupt. It's extremely corrupt. And it's not going to matter one single bit which human leader takes their puppet throne it's not going to change there i want you guys to hear this this may be the most important thing that i say tonight there is not A political solution to a spiritual problem. I'm going to say it one more time. There is not a political solution to a spiritual problem. Some of you, whether you are watching live or you see this later, I may have, some of you may be some of the ones that I have recommended a book to recently because I have been recommending a, a book that I just recently finished to absolutely everyone I talk to because it is one of, if not the best book That I have ever read on Kingdom Christianity and on the requirements of being in the Kingdom of God, and it's the best thing I have ever read other than the Bible on Christian living period on how to live as a follower of Christ now there are many who consider themselves followers of Christ and when I was originally putting the description for tonight's program in um title was a little different in description uh, I, I typed it like 3 times and it kept disappearing and i got tired of retyping it but it, the description went something a little like this and it said that so many in in the west period but here in america so many Professing Christians, people who consider themselves followers of Christ that believe wholeheartedly that they are on their way to heaven when they leave this world and that they are going to hear the words that we all hope to hear when we stand before The Father and our King, and that is well done, my good and faithful servant. But so many who believe they're going to hear this are unfortunately 100% wrong, and what they're going to hear instead are the worst words that I could ever imagine anyone hearing and that is depart from me ye who work lawlessness for I never knew you now I want to I want to say something real quick before we dive into the supernatural part of tonight's show and yes we are going to talk about the Nephilim rulers and we are going to talk about The last days and the return of the Holy Spirit and all kinds of really awesome stuff. But before that, I want to touch on the most important, crucial, and awesome stuff of all. And that is, it does not matter if you know Jesus. I want you to hear me everybody thinks that if they know Jesus that they're okay yeah I know Jesus I believe in Jesus I believe in Jesus with all my heart I've been saved by grace friends so many people know Jesus but Jesus does not know them. Knowing Jesus is not enough. Believing. I won't hear this. Sure there will be quite a few. Who may even turn the program off. At this point. But if they do. Then that will be to their detriment. Knowing Jesus is not enough. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God is not enough. Believing that Jesus is God is not enough. Believing and knowing that He died on the cross and rose again is not enough. The Bible's clear on these things. For even the demons Know and tremble. Satan and his fallen angels and his demons, they know who Jesus is. They believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They know that Jesus Christ is God, the Son. They know. And believed that he was risen on the third day. Matter of fact, those fallen angels, a lot of them, they know better than anybody. Because the Bible says that when Jesus was in the heart of the earth, that he went down and he preached to the spirits. Those spirits that he preached to were those fallen angels. And so... They know, they believe, but they are certainly not on their way to everlasting life in heaven and in the new Jerusalem on this earth. No, the Bible's clear. They have been They are in everlasting chains and darkness reserved for the judgment of that great day. And on that great day, they will be cast alive into the lake of fire. And of course, we know Satan will be bound in chains just like the the watchers or the other sons of God who since... the flood have been bound in chains we know satan is going to be bound the same way in chains for a thousand years while we rule and reign here on this earth with christ but so many of us friends believe falsely that we are going to be the ones ruling and reigning with christ mentioned a book a little while ago the book is written by a man by the name of David Bersow and if you're familiar at all with the Remnant Report then you've heard me speak about David Bersow the name of this book is called The Kingdom That Turned the World Upside Down this book is a book that if the confessing followers of Christ in America would not only read but decide that they were going to live their lives according teachings of Jesus Christ, the way that this book outlines, then we would see so many things happen. First of all, the reason the book is called The Kingdom That Turned the World Upside Down is because it's talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom is what Jesus preached. If you were to ask your average churchgoer, your average believer, or even your average person on the street, what what, what is the gospel message? You would undoubtedly hear things like being born again. Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. Jesus coming to earth to uh, grant remission of sins to save us from our sins so that we may have everlasting life. Well, although absolutely every one of those things are true and Jesus definitely taught every one of those things. That is not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel that Jesus taught is the gospel of the kingdom. In reference to born, being born again, in talking about the new birth, it's only Jesus only mentions the new birth one time in the Bible one time and that's in when he was talking to Nicodemus about what he must do to enter into the kingdom of God so one must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God although Jesus did talk about the things that most of us relate with the gospel message Everywhere he went, everywhere, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And that gospel of the kingdom says that the kingdom of God is now, here on this earth. It is a kingdom now. And he gave instructions on how to enter the kingdom. He gave instructions on how to stay in the kingdom. And he gave many teachings on the kingdom. And, friends, in these last days, I want you to realize something. I believe wholeheartedly, like. Most of you all. That we are in the last days. But I want you to think about a passage of scripture. Jesus says. And. Hold on. I want to. I don't want to lose my place there. This is something that. Um, just jumped out at me. In my bible studies. Over the past few days. I've had so much. Jump out at me from the scriptures. But. Jesus says in Matthew 24, talking about when the end would come, he says, Go, go, AJ. Well, I will find the exact scripture in just a minute. But regardless, it says this, um, and this is me paraphrasing, of course. Oh, here it is. Matthew 24. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of what? The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Well, I remember growing up in the Southern Baptist Church. That was one of the things that many, many preachers would stand up in the pulpit and say. It was one of the things that had to happen before the rapture could happen. And, you know, it would talk about how. Almost everywhere on the earth had heard the gospel. But friends. I am going to. Explain something to you. Several things. First of all, tonight is about the great deception. Um, I uh, I don't know. Let's see. I'm trying to see uh, if I can. No, it's not going to show me. Anyways, I, I changed the title so much. But regardless, the, the, the great deception is something... That is so great that many are going to be deceived by it simply because of all the prophecy pundits that have got up and said that it's this that or the third when in all actuality and this you know I don't claim divine revelation like so many false prophets do this to me is just common sense and the Holy Spirit showing bringing things to my remembrance in the word of God just like the Bible promises this isn't some divine revelation but the great deception is very very easy to understand once you understand exactly what the gospel of the kingdom is and what Jesus taught first of all the gospel of the kingdom must be preached all over the world Well, friends, the gospel of the kingdom is barely being preached at all, much less all over the world. If I went and took a poll in any state in the United States of America, if I took a poll of, say, thousand people in every state I would be willing to bet that at least and I'm being very very generous here but I'd be willing to bet that at least 75% of Christians would give me the wrong answer about what the gospel of the kingdom is because Jesus doesn't say that The entire world must learn the modern day Western plan of salvation before the end can come. No, that's not what he says. He says that the gospel of the kingdom. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about what the Gospel of the kingdom is and then I'm going to jump into uh, the topics that I'm sure most of you came here to uh, hear about the Nephilim rulers and the uh, return of the Holy Spirit but the gospel of the kingdom can actually, be summed up in fairly fairly simple words there are two kingdoms okay there is the kingdom of this world and there is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of god So there are only two kingdoms. Same manner, there are only two religions. Now, I am one of those people who do not like to um, call Christianity a religion. But for for the sake of this program and the argument I'm trying to make, I am referring to Christianity as a a religion right now. So, there are only two kingdoms and there are only two religions. If you're not a part of one, then by default, you're automatically a part of the other. So. The kingdom of. This world. Is. The exact opposite of the kingdom of God. I had someone ask me. Or, or po- actually. Not, they posed a question to me. Um, about. About. Uh, this whole thing of the the elections and how I felt about the current president versus the past president and um I uh I told them that I had no feelings about this president either way good or bad because as a member of the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of God I Sorry, guys, I'm not trying to get distracted. Somebody was messaging me telling me something I needed to mention. Uh, I'm not going to call any names, but a friend of mine wanted me to mention for everybody to watch out for Bruce me- 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 Meha Meha Meha. Mejia, M-E-J-I-A, because he is a wolf. He's part of Stephen Anderson's Bad Fruit. He probably hired his friends to bomb his church for publicity. I, you know, I don't know whether that's true or not. And that's neither here nor there. Um, what is here or there is the fact that. As members of the kingdom of God, what happens in the kingdom of the world should not bother us or affect us one way or the other, as far as our thinking. Uh, and the way that the that Jesus Christ had the apostles set up the church—I mean, if you read. The red letters of Jesus Christ, his words, his teachings in the Bible, then you will see that the way that you are supposed to live in the kingdom is a life of holiness being set apart from the world. Jesus said, blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus said that those who, I mean, Jesus literally said that those who love their lives And he's talking about their earthly lives those who love their earthly lives will lose it but those who lose their lives for his name's sake will gain eternal life Jesus said in his kingdom teachings the gospel of the kingdom Jesus said that if he said that if one is to abide in his love if one abides in his love then he will abide in them but if not Then he will be cast into darkness. He will be cast into outer darkness. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't have my Bible in front of me. Um, I do, but it's not right in front of me. So I'm paraphrasing all of these things. But Jesus gave a clear outline on how we should live and how we shouldn't live. I was I'm going to I'm going to tell a personal story really quick that really I mean this this was painful there was somebody in my life I'm not going to tell anybody who I'm not going to tell the relationship to me only that their family that I truly care about and um this person is uh still a southern baptist and you know that fine I I was not talking about anything to do with denomination or beliefs at this time when I was speaking with them I had just finished reading the book I'm sure you guys can hear my dog Um, (laughs) she's been patiently sitting here with me for all this time and she's uh ready to go but um, I just finished reading the kingdom that turned the world upside down and I know how much this person loves to read, and I know how much the book blessed me. And so, I simply said, you know, I just finished this book, and it was absolutely amazing. I am so glad that I read it. It truly blessed me. But more than that, it challenged me, and it it really, I mean, it, it cut me deep. And it was really amazing because it helped me to see that, um, you know, it, it gave further evidence that I am a child of God because I was able to to be cut deep. I was able to hear the, that voice of the Holy Spirit, that, that conviction that would not have been there otherwise. But before I could even finish, this person told me, they said, Jeremy, I'm not trying to say anything negative about the way you believe, but it is not the way I believe and nothing is going to change that. I got to tell you, this person is somebody who is a major figure in my life and uh, they're one of the few people that have the ability to lift me up or tear me down. And um, you know I knew that uh, they were they were clinging to that Southern Baptist theology and for dear life, uh, anytime I have tried to speak to them about anything having to do with stuff like that, um, <laughs> I, I get told in no uncertain terms, but. In this case, I was not trying to have any kind of theological debate. I just really, really thought this person would enjoy the book. But I also knew, because I do know this person, and this is somebody that I'm close enough to, and I've known for 37 of my 37 years, that I truly believe that, well, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person is a true believer, a true follower of Christ. They just happen to be somebody that is very set in their ways and they have the type personality where they can't admit they're wrong about things. And if there's a chance that they <laughs> may find out that for whatever reason they may not have it all figured out, they're not even going to give something like that a chance and i think that that was part of the problem as far as why this person would not even hear me out on the, the book but i did know that because this person was a true believer that really loved the lord and if it wasn't for this person i don't i can't tell you that i would be sitting here in front of this camera tonight uh, or uh, even in the kingdom at all. I mean, this person played one of the major roles in me becoming a Christian. So because of that, I knew that if this person were to truly read this book, listen to this book, then you know, the Holy Spirit would not have allowed them to just dismiss it. Now, I can't promise you that they would have, you know, (laughs) come to me and said, I apologize. I see the error of my ways. And I was not expecting, nor do I even want that. I could care less about that because it's not about me. And it's definitely not about me being right. I'm wrong about so much it's ridiculous. And that is why this is so important because it's got nothing to do with me Or even David Bersow. Or anybody else who teaches kingdom theology. It's got to do with the original uh, inventor of the kingdom. And the king of the kingdom himself. And that's Jesus Christ. These are his teachings. And that is what's so amazing about this book. Is because it does not add nor take away from scripture. How many books... How many uh, audio teachings, how many sermons, how many preachers, how many churches can you say do not add or take away from Scripture? I don't know any. I have certainly done it. Now, I have not added or taken away anything like, you know, as far as to the Bible, but I've added my own beliefs and my own you know, doctrinal spins on the way I taught and the way I preached. And, you know, that is something that I can definitely no longer do. And I definitely don't claim to have the corner on truth other than to say I have the corner on truth. But friends, you've got it too. It's right here. This sword It is the truth. It's the corner on truth. You open it up. As important as the entire book is. The simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I would say. You know the, the epistles too. But just the gospel. If you only had the gospel. If you followed the teachings of Jesus Christ. And you never read anything else. For the rest of your life as far as scripture goes. If you followed those teachings and took them to heart. And you read them until they were literally imprinted on your heart and your mind. Then you would have more figured out and have your walk with Christ together and be far, I guess I should say, farther along in your walk with Christ and more spiritually mature than At least, and again, I am being very generous, 75% of the pastors that are practicing and preaching today. Because, and I know this for a fact, because I've been to seminary. Pastors are taught, almost by and large, in Western seminaries. They teach Calvinist theology in some form or another. And friends, Calvinism, Calvinism is a watered down version of the truth. And what is a watered down version of the truth but a
1: lie?
0: Now I'm sure I'm stepping on a lot of toes right now. But, you know, those who know me know that's one of the things I do best. Now, I'm not in any way saying that we don't have Calvinist or Lutheran brothers and sisters in Christ. We do. There are many people that don't truly know the kingdom message that are living the kingdom life. But I can promise you that the type things that are taught in almost every pulpit in America, would it goes... Completely against what Jesus Christ taught. Completely against it. Tell you what, um, how many times have you ridden by a church and seen something that said, pray for our president? Or pray for the election? Or when we are at war? How many times have you seen something that said, pray for the troops? Or well, when America goes to war, these patriots in the pulpit, how many times have you driven by a church and seen the American flag waving in the churchyard? Everything that I just said goes 100% against what Jesus Christ taught. Completely against it. Now, there are many who can take the teachings of some of Paul's epistles with their own uh, human spin on them and make a doctrine of Christianity that would argue what I just said as being false, but there is no way, no way, that anybody can do that with what Jesus taught, none. I have had so many people Say things to me like. Yeah but Jesus said he came to bring a sword. He didn't come to bring peace but a sword. And. At the last supper. Jesus. He told his disciples to go and and sell their cloaks. And buy a sword. He wouldn't have done that if he didn't mean for us to. You know to. To fight or go to war or whatever their argument for the time being is and in those cases just like any other it's scripture taken out of context i use those examples because of the the examples i just used about the american flags and the churches and the pray for our troops and stuff like that um Guys, I don't know how many of you are watching this tonight. I don't know how many will be watching the replay. I know that I have not talked about the the Nephilim rulers yet. I've been going for 50-something minutes. But it's because I feel so strongly about the things I'm saying. And because... I'm so heartbroken right now. I really am. This thing has really got me upset. I always knew that the way to heaven was a narrow way. I knew that the path was narrow and that there were going to be very few who found it. But... To me, that just always meant that the Christians were the few, and then you had all the other non-believers and other religions, so that all the church people were the ones on the narrow path, but now that I have really come to know for a 100% fact that most people sitting on the church pews every Sunday or on their way to hell man you let that sink in and if it does not burden you all the way down to your very soul then question your own salvation He made a way for us to not have to suffer the punishments that were created for Satan and his angels after we left this world and He made a way to redeem us from the fall and the garden as well as redeem us from the consequences of the Genesis 6 scenario. But in order for us to be redeemed from those things then we have to take the free gift that He offers. It is a free gift in the sense that all we have to do is choose it. But it's not a free gift in the way that it's taught in most pulpits and that is this easy believism this grace only say magic words, believe in your heart confess with your mouth go on about your business it's not scriptural yes Paul said in Romans that If you believe, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. But again, that's one verse. One verse. Um, Is it still frozen, AJ? I, I hope it's not. not frozen. I, I don't know. Um, but regardless, it it seems to be working when I look at it, but, uh, trying train of thought. I know about what I was saying, but the, the main point I was trying to make is that this free gift that Jesus offers us is only free as far as all we have to do is make a choice. And Paul does say in Romans... if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead then thou shalt be saved but again that's just one verse you have to read the entire chapter and you cannot interpret Paul through anything other than Than the teacher. Which is Jesus Christ. You cannot make theology. From Paul's teachings. You cannot make doctrine. From the epistles. You have to. Take what's. Said in the writings of the apostles. And filter them through. The master. The one who taught them. And if you do that, then you will find that in the kingdom of heaven, this free gift is based on a love-faith relationship. We have to abide in Jesus' love. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said from times of old, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that if a man strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him your left also. Do not repay evil with evil, but defeat evil with good. We cannot combat evil with evil. It doesn't matter if it's physical or spiritual. Although Paul... Going by the teachings of the Master tells us that this battle that we are in that's raging, it's not a physical confrontation. It's a spiritual one. And with that, I am going to transition into what most of you, I'm sure, came to hear. And that is about these Nephilim rulers and the return of the Holy Spirit. Well, friends, I want you to think for a second about where we are. We are in the year 2021 where we can literally... Watch prophecy unfold before our very eyes. Calm down, pumpkin. Here, you want to come get up here? You can come get up here. You can come do the show with Daddy. I'm not going to be on for very much longer. You're too big for this. Okay. All right. Okay. Now... We are in the last days, that's for sure. And we were looking at Matthew 24 earlier. And uh, just like Jesus said that um, before the end would come, that the gospel of the kingdom would be preached throughout all the world. He also said that as it was in the days of Noah, that so it would also be... In the days of the coming of the Son of Man and in the days of Noah, before God sent the flood to destroy not only the world and not only the humans, but mainly to destroy the hybrid offspring between the heavenly and the earthly. And before then there were kings that reigned on this earth and these kings, for the most part there, there was an entire I know I know that everybody um, everybody knows or has at least heard of... Um, the uh, the lost city of Atlantis, but the lost city of Atlantis was not the only antediluvian civilization that was run by uh, the Nephilim. Nephilim kings. There, you know, there was also um, an entire. Ah, stop it. There was an entire group of kingdoms and I guess nations that were uh, ruled by giant kings Um, you know after the flood we all know who um, Nimrod is you know Nimrod was the I'm not going to say he's the first Nephilim king because to me, Nimrod is not the what I think of when I think of a, a Nephilim. Um, uh, Nephilim or, or Nimrod is more like, he's called a, a, a gibbering and, and that just truly means a, a mighty man. But it says that He became to be, or he began to be a a Um, He He began to be a mighty hunter before the Lord. So through one way or another, there was a way that... The old, the the post-flood hero uh, Nimrod became a Gibberim, or some would say a Nephilim, but there was before the flood there was uh, a an entire society of giants. There was a group that I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the Genesis 6 conspiracy that uh, um, Gary Wayne wrote and in his book Gary writes about the the antediluvian kings um, the, the giant kings and he writes about the uh, the giants of antiquity and um, the way that uh, Isazol and the Watchers uh, were worshipped as gods, and they set the the Nephilim or the Titans up as to be rulers as well, and. These heroes of old were, they were actually um, not heroes in the way that here in the American West that we think of heroes. We think of a hero as a good thing. That's because of TV and Hollywood and stuff like that, but a hero was not... Something that I would like to be thought of in the the uh, ancient way of interpreting what a hero is, but before the flood, there was. We talked a little bit just a second ago. I mentioned Atlantis, so I'm gonna I'm going to uh, just use the. The civilization of the lost city of Atlantis, really quick as an example. In the lost, uh, the lost city of Atlantis, um, before it was lost, before the flood, um, there's a famous. Uh, Egyptologist named uh, his name's William Petrie, and he was literally the the first to father something that's called the the dynastic race theory, and the 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 dynastic race theory um, it, it it says that. It it was a solution to the enigma of the origins of the Egyptian civilization. We know that in Egypt, there are some of the the largest, greatest, well-preserved monuments in the world. You know, you've got some of the, the... Seven Wonders of the World there in Egypt. And Petrie's theory, you know, he discusses the this family of divine beings that were famed, they were famous for their marvelous building expertise. And these... These divine beings, they were called the the Shibitu, and I'm probably butchering that, but that's what I've, (laughs) the way I've always pronounced it, but these Shibitu were, they were actually related to the nebulous beings that were recorded by other cultures like the Amorites and the Hittites and also, um, uh, the ancient Sumerians like those from the epic of Gilgamesh and there were uh, descendants of this inexplicable uh, people of the Shibitu and the Shibitu are believed in the dynastic theory to have spawned the original pharaohs so the original pharaohs of Egypt the original Nephilim Kings after the flood or even some would say before the flood were spawned by these supernatural beings called the shabitu and I have heard Gary Wayne say that in his opinion, the Shibitu are the exact same as the divine seven sages of ancient Babylon. If any of you are familiar with Gary Wayne's work or the type of things he talks about on his programs, there are... There's quite often times when he will talk about ancient Egypt and also ancient Babylon. And he talks a lot about the seven sages of ancient Babylon. And these sages were called the Sabeti. And their patron was Inki or Satan. Now Inki can be... Directly uh, related with Satan, Inky and Satan, in my opinion, and I know a lot of people smarter, way smarter than I am's opinion, that Inky and Satan are one and the same, and like the Shabitu, they. He taught inky satan whatever taught uh, mankind the illicit knowledge from heaven now a lot of you know that i am writing a book or almost finished with it now and hope to be finished and published with it uh by the end of february and i am finished with the uh the new edition of the first book but the second book in my origins of evil series is called book two gnosis and it's about this very subject of this ancient illicit divine knowledge because that is what gnosticism is all about that is what dualism and the illuminati new world order religion is all about. It's about um, salvation from divine knowledge. It's about uh, acquiring this esoteric secret knowledge that will allow you to live forever or allow you salvation through this knowledge or gnosis instead of through Jesus Christ. Now, there should be two. They, they consisted of eight divine beings. Seven fallen angels. Seven of them were fallen angels. And the eighth was Inki or Satan. So, You've got Enki or Satan, and you've also got, now some of you may be familiar with this name, some of you may not, but you've also got the one called Kima Satra, or Kima Satra, which is the serpent creator of the earth. Now, this is from the The Atlantean myth of about the Shibitu. This is not, um, you know, something that you're going to find in scripture. But if you research these types of things the way that I have and many others have, um, you'll find a lot of different uh, sources that talk all about. The Shibitu and the the eight divine beings that they consisted of. Now, the serpent creator of the earth um, is what the Gnostics would call the the demiurge or. Baldemoth and the serpent part of it would be the, the Lucifer side because the Demiurge the God of the Old Testament in Gnosticism is a dualistic being they believe that Adonai or Yahweh was an evil God who had a good side as well kind of like a yin and yang called Lucifer and Lucifer or Satan is who freed mankind in the Garden of Eden by giving this divine knowledge to man and freeing them from their slavery and that is very similar to to the story that is told in this uh ancient uh mythology about the seven actually eight uh, sacred sages um the shibitu were the seven sacred sages of babylon and egypt but There were eight including Inky or Satan. And there was um, there's a a theory in theocracy which proposes that mankind um, devolved from a superior race of giants. And although that's not what the Bible says it does echo what the Genesis 6 scenario says about the giants being created from humans and our human women and uh, rebellious fallen watcher angels. But in this legend, uh, mankind was devolved from this superior race of giants in whom, uh, you know, this perfect knowledge of science and theology first originated. And this religious blend of science and theology was named the absolute by a scientist whose name I can't remember right now. But he was a French theosophist and an occultist. Um, His name was... uh, Swaller, squalor, swaller, something like that, but I, I can't remember uh, his entire name, but he was most definitely an occultist, and he was a member of a secret society that promoted a mystical belief system important to bringing about the end times, and that gets me to my point and to the crux of tonight's subject and that is the uh, return of the Nephilim rulers. See, this secret society that this French occultist, this French theosophist Schwaller was a part of, they promoted a belief system and this belief system was all about bringing about the end times. And this guy, he studied ancient Egyptian art, architecture, and in his mind, this art and architecture somehow revealed to him uh A completely complex esoteric philosophy that's based on uh, sacred geometry and you know if any of you watched the deception report last night you heard all about uh, sacred geometry with the united nation of islam but he claimed that he was able to solve the alchemical symbols um that were encoded into the Gothic uh, French cathedrals, and he wrote several books. But, during, during his first or maybe second time publishing the this philosophy of the secret society about bringing about the end of the world during this time, there was another uh, curious group in Egypt that was founded, and and this group, their legacy continued far after the flood. This. Group was identif- identified as the followers of Horus. The, they were the seven fallen angels, the Shibitu, the Sibeti, the seven sages, who, you know, they provided the illicit heavenly knowledge, who were methodical beings, that, you know, they remembered both the, Bearers and the preservers of knowledge. They these people or these beings were the ones that founded the this cult of astronomer priest that guarded all of the Atlantean knowledge. And they also guarded the Atlantean religion and the the fallen angel technology that was used in Atlantis and for several millennia or millennia however you want to say it, after the flood this brotherhood of orders because it was more than one order they continued to keep this knowledge and preserve it in order to eventually bring about the end of the world to bring about the return of the Nephilim and the return of the old gods and finally the rise of the Antichrist and these I told you there were there were two of these secret societies the second was actually called uh, the Brotherhood of the Order of the Snake and you know a lot of you may be familiar with that name and there's a reason for that because the Brotherhood of the Order of the Snake still continues today and they are a very secret organization that only the those who are in the very top echelon of what we would call the NWO are a part of. Your Rothschilds, your Rockefellers, your um, you know your people like Bill Gates, Donald Trump. You know these people don't have the money to get, to to be in these groups, but your council of 300, your council of 13, the higher you go up, starting with the CFR, because the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, is the Illuminati in America. If you did not see the last uh, video that I put out a couple of weeks ago, um, On the Illuminati in America Um, it was about 30 minutes long it was a video that I made and I put up on Facebook and I also put it up on YouTube I would suggest that you go watch it but we are certainly coming up on the end and you know with people like me and many many others uh, there are people with Far larger ministries than mine, like uh, you've got the Omega Frequency, and I consider myself a member of the Frequency family, as do I know a lot of you that I see or that are watching here now. Uh, You know, AJ is one of my Frequency brothers. Uh, There are a lot of us in the Frequency family, as well as many others. Who are doing exactly what Jesus said must be done. And that is preaching the gospel of the kingdom. To every part of the world. All over the world. So. That brings me. To a very important point. That's not going to happen. just through my live streams or BDK's live streams or David Bersow's books or anybody's YouTube channel, no. That's not going to happen until the powers that shouldn't be actually kickstart The tribulation. Once the Antichrist rises and is in power, and the church is once again persecuted, that is when you will see true signs and wonders. There will be plenty of false prophets, and there will be plenty of false signs and wonders. Brothers and sisters, once we get in the tribulation and once the Holy Spirit returns remember the second part of tonight's title is the return of the Holy Spirit well in the last days just like on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit is going to come upon God's people and we are going to once again be the kingdom that turns the world upside down. Because although we are going to. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that the Holy Spirit isn't here, I'm not saying that we aren't filled with the Spirit. I'm. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you are in the kingdom of God. If you are in the kingdom of heaven. And you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Then you too are filled with the Holy Spirit. But guess what? There is a difference in having the Holy Spirit. And having the power of the Holy Spirit. Having the Holy Spirit come over you. The way that the apostles did at Pentecost. When that happens, then, and only then, will the New World Order Antichrist government begin to persecute the church the way it was persecuted in the beginning, in the first century. The way that the apostles and the early believers were killed and persecuted. But friends, just like our King said, Rejoice! Rejoice! When we are persecuted for His name's sake. Rejoice when others hate us and persecute us and kill us and throw us into prison for Jesus' name. Blessed are those who are persecuted in the name of the King. Rejoice because, friends, when the true church, when the kingdom of God is persecuted, that is when we are at our best. The book that I've been talking about tonight, that I talked about in the beginning, The Kingdom That Turned the World Upside Down, it tells a story as well. It tells the story of the Christian church. And how when the church and when believers were persecuted it was during this time that they literally turned the world upside down they were full of power and authority and they did awesome things and the church grew to the uh, far reaches of the known world in those days And it was not until the persecution stopped and the leaders in the church, being human beings, got complacent and got comfortable and started compromising. When they started compromising, that's when the enemy saw his opening and he realized that the more he used physical violence and persecution against God's children, against God's chosen people, against the church, the stronger they became. So the enemy of God changed his tactics. And instead of using violent tactics of violence and persecution, he went back to what he does best, and that is subtle beguilement, just as he beguiled Eve through subtle. Subtlety. He subtly infiltrated the church, and it wasn't long before members, church members, members of the kingdom were taking positions in the government, taking part in worldly things, and then church leaders were taking heart in government things. They were taking positions in the government. Then before you know it, the emperor of Rome was presiding. I mean, the leader of the government was presiding over a Christian council. Not once, but twice. And he was the de facto bishop of the world. You know, he considered himself, Constantine considered himself to be the bishop of the world. And I think we all know where the church went from there. And before this time, when the church was being persecuted... they were at their best and strongest they were very humble people they didn't care about material things they didn't care about money or earthly possessions but once they became complacent and compromising and they were filled with uh demonic pride demonic is the word I'm going to choose to use but they were filled with this humanly pride this fallen pride they allowed themselves to take hold of what Jesus Christ called the root of all evil and that is the love of money you see Constantine he decided that The leaders of the church, like the Bishop of Rome, who, in my opinion, he may not have started out this way, but he definitely became this, was an agent of the enemy. He was an agent of Satan, and he was a man who loved power, and he was corrupt, and Constantine decided that men like him and the other leaders in the church should be paid. And so the empire started paying handsome salaries to church leaders. And all of a sudden, people who, for hundreds of years, since Christ gave the teaching, had lived the way Jesus taught. A life of poverty. A life of obedience. Of being set apart from the world. They compromised and they joined with the world. And they became lovers of money. They became lovers of Self, lovers of flesh more than lovers of God. And the Catholic Church was born. And the kingdom of God has not been the same since. Now, These Nephilim rulers are—I I would say they're back, but I don't think they ever left. You know, if you've read Gary Wayne's book, these people—you know, the elites, the Rothschilds—you know, all these people, the 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 rulers, the the royal bloodlines of the world—they pride themselves on being able to trace their bloodlines all the way back antediluvian nephilim and I've got no reason to doubt that so I believe that the nephilim aren't returning they've always been but we are seeing days just like the days of Noah more and more every day and it would not surprise me whether it's the exact same way that it happened in Genesis 6 or if it's through some other means that there are going there is going to be a mixing of the heavenly and earthly beings again and The giants are going to return. And when I say the giants, I mean the same kind of giants that were before the flood. Because you see, although, you know, the Bible's clear that um, in Genesis 6 it says the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bore wives and, and bore children. And took wives of all which they chose. Sorry. And children were born unto them. It says also after that. But what you have to understand. Is that. God sent the flood. And wiped out. The original Nephilim. The pure blooded Nephilim. It was only. The antediluvian Nephilim. Who. Were. Made up. Of the immortal spirit of God that the angels had, that the watchers had, and the mortal spirit, the earthly spirit of man, or excuse me, not spirit, the earthly mortal bodies of man and the divine immortal spirit of God came together in a, a, a creation that was an abomination that was never meant to exist and it was because of this that God destroyed the earth but these were when they died they produced demons after the flood the Nephilim second, third, fourth, however many generations after the original Nephilim, they no longer had that immortal spirit. So when they died, they went to be In the earth, dead, you know, just like any other human. But one thing you can be sure of is that those spirits of the Nephilim who after death became the demons, they, my friends, they wanted their revenge on mankind. They've been plotting their return. And I believe that through artificial intelligence, along with transhumanism and other things, as well, that they will return. And so will the fallen angels, the watchers. And when they do, they're going to be coming to take their revenge. So, all I can say, friends, is Please get me. Please get me. Just get and understand what I'm saying. That the rulers that are in charge today that you see on TV, these Bidens or Trumps, they are not are really in charge even if you believe that you were you know I'm not even going to say that even if you believe that One candidate is worse than the other. Even if you believe that one is of the devil and one is of God. Regardless to any of that. These people are men. They're not Nephilim. But there is going to be a Nephilim king. The Nephilim rulers are going to return. The Bible tells of a coalition of ten kings. Ten kingdoms who ten kings who before this time did not have a kingdom but they will rule I think it says one hour with the beast I can't remember the exact wording there but in my mind these are the same Nephilim rulers That were before the flood now because I talked about so much I know that some of you may not have gotten all of it because I talked about something completely different in the beginning and I went a lot longer than I meant to on that so I wasn't able to cover the The return of the Nephilim and the Holy Spirit as much as I wanted to, although I did cover the return of the Holy Spirit and what's going to happen, how the Holy Spirit is going to come over us and we're going to get that apostolic power same as the first century I believe that wholeheartedly that's the way that we're going to be able to turn the world upside down friends don't believe for one second that just because we're gonna have the power of the Holy Spirit the way the Apostles may have that we won't be able to be hurt by the Antichrist that's not true The apostles were able to bring people back from the dead. But they were still persecuted and killed. So. Consider it a privilege. When you are persecuted for Christ's sake. For Christ's name. Consider it a privilege. To be set apart. Consider it a privilege and an honor when others hate you. Jesus said, they will hate you because they first hated me. Guys, I'm going to say this in closing and then I'm going to close. Just like there are only two kingdoms in this life, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. In America we've got supposedly two political parties right but both political parties are both a part of the kingdom of this world and both of these political parties they are both two wings of the same corrupt bird and in these two kingdoms those who are in the kingdom of the world those who vote for the rulers of the world they only have the illusion of choice that's all, just the illusion of choice however you and i if if we're in the kingdom we make choices every day starting with our very first choice which is to pick up our cross and follow christ friends thank you for joining me tonight on the remnant report i know it's late So I am very grateful to each and every one of you who decided to stay up and listen to an old country boy who loves the Lord ramble on. Friends, I love each and every one of you. I truly do. And if I can do anything for anybody, don't hesitate to let me know. Until next time, for the Next Chapter Radio Network and Kingdom Productions and Publishing. I am the remnant warrior saying, Grace,
1: roam in the void, they avoid all detection, the interdimensional beings all connected, angels and demons from spiritual realms, engaged in a battle from heaven to hell, they dwell all around us and even inside, some of those that invite what they call spirit guides, enticed by Ouija boys, they seek guidance, they think there's a secret to be enlightened, little do they know what they just invited, a demonic presence has just resided, I got enlightened and don't be frightened But I must ask why There I seem aligned with Lucifer's lies This song serves as a warning to anyone searching Demonic minions are lurking and virtually everywhere Holding as anything Stalking that prey with original sin This song serves as a warning to anyone searching Demonic minions are lurking and virtually everywhere Holding as anything Stalking that prey with original sin Think I went All these incidents represent all the same thing the serpent said. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. It depicts exactly the same conflict. Feel this trick inflicted by the sick and wicked. Invented, presented like a light transcendent, but it's documented. They just pretended, depending on beliefs, what you just expected. See how a rose has thorns and thistles? They hide among the truth to avoid the signal. They muddy the water with disinformation. persuading so many without a foundation. Some people like to listen to Icons and Ginger. Well it's and it seems these people are on the same mission. And I what's Christian seek secret wisdom? The lies in the movie zeitgeist Lost, they deny the existence of Christ I defy you to find any truth to the logic Go ahead, just rewind it and pause it Study their sources, they're all Masonic And little Illuminati seem to be behind it They know the public will buy any fraud That tries to deny the existence of God This song serves as a warning to anyone searching Demonic minions are lurking virtually everywhere as anything stocking that break with original sin. This song serves as a warning to anyone searching. The demonic minions are lurking the burnt to the Everywhere holding as anything stocking that brain with original sin.